Well, uh, Kasim is stoked about his Kanye hoodie. What do you stoked. mean Kanye hoodie? I think you're more stoked about it than I am. <laughs> I mean, Can you stand up and show like it to us? <laughs> oh, maybe, you mean he maybe. looks like Kanye or is that actual like? No, no, no. That's brand? a Kanye hoodie. It's a Gap. It's from Gap. I don't know how I feel about it because it's very short. It's like I'm wearing like a show football me. jersey. You're like a Zeke Oh, it's like a crop. Oh, a geeky Elliot. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's that's it. With himself with that one. Now we're podding. Oh yeah, we're. Oh yeah, that was podding. Um, hey, a lot of love from our uh, last episode with Michael Imperioli. Oh, Christopher Maldonado. Maya. That was good. I fucked it up again. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys watching and subscribing and. Uh, uh, following us on Instagram, we got a big jump on our on our social media, which is really cool. Did we? Oh yeah. What are we up to? I don't know. Nineteen. He's, he's just making that up, I think. No, no, no. We did get a jump. We got up. We're over nineteen thousand on Instagram. Wow. And I still no word back on our verification. You know. That's great. This so cool. Instagram, Facebook, all those guys. Such a cool company. You know, they're not selling our information. They're like. Not changing the tide of elections. Those guys are so cool. I got to get a job there. Yeah. Yeah. I dig them. You're definitely going to get one now. I'm wearing my Facebook blue Yeezy Kanye hoodie. Mm. Oh, I thought it was Best Buy blue for your old uh, stomping grounds. That's also, I really am attracted to this color blue. That's right. What kind of blue is that? What would you say? It's a mm. indigo? No. Okay. Okay. No. I'd say real In- blue. Indigo would be. Oh man, this guy's. This is a shirt someone sent sent us at work. He tie dyes his own Costco shirts, and I'm wearing it. So talented! Wow, you go Yeezy and Costco. You're really. I'm all over the place. He's a yeah. man of the people. Mm. Before we get in today's pod, time to talk a little <laughs> bit about our sponsors, BetterHelp.com. Uh, I use BetterHelp.com. It uh, matched me with a therapist. I actually been through a couple different therapists. Uh, they set me up with one and then I changed what I was kind of looking for. Uh, and then they set me up with a, a, the first time it was for relationship stuff. The second time was for like personal, like uh, building, you know, like uh, I wanted to feel better by myself and then set some career goal stuff. Sure. And so when I did that, they matched me with a different guy and I have access to this person like all week long. I can send them messages and um, on top of our once a week session. And it's so much cheaper than the therapist that I used to pay. And in real life, when you want to change therapists like that, it's a pain in the ass, Ugh. but they make it super easy at BetterHelp. Yeah, that's right. Uh, BetterHelp is secure online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own accredited therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Therapists have a broad range of expertise, which may not be available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. Make your living room your waiting room. I like that. Yeah. Visit betterhelp.com slash pajama and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So for all the therapists listening, that's, that's apply. Change your career. Yeah. Pajama Pants is sponsored by BetterHelp. And our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at 
betterhelp.com slash pajama. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash pajama. We got a new sponsor. Everlane. I'm excited. Me and my friends have been wearing Everlane for years. My boy, Patty, shout out to Patty. Patty loves Everlane. They make great, high quality stuff. I'm an Everlane boy now. They, they sent me some uh, denim jeans Dang. and they're uh, and I have a lot of denim. Let's just say I have a lot of denim. The denim that they give you uh, in your Everlane jeans is a high quality denim. And more importantly, I just like the fit. They make different fits for different people. It fits me well. Um, and they make men and women's jeans. And that's kind of like what they're known for is the fit and feel. Uh, they feel good. And if you're a woman, they got like the high rise that make your like waist look thin. They uh, lift your butt cheeks up a little bit higher. Okay. The cheeky jeans. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, the cheek, that's right. They're called the cheeky jeans. Yeah. Everlane has engineered three signature fits to hit all the right places. And they do. Uh, so yeah, looking for form flattering jeans, Everlane engineered three signature fits to hit all the right places. Once you know your favorite, just pick a fabric leg shape. And voila, you like that? Like you almost fell into that trap, huh? Some people don't know that's voila. So, some, <laughs> some people think and it's voila. viola. Yeah, voila. Uh, and voila, you found your perfect pair of jeans. So way high jeans, their highest rise define your waist for a flattering rise in a straight classic cut. Cheeky jeans, which offers an easy high rise and slightly curved cut to give your butt a little lift. And the slouch jeans which come with a relaxed low mid-rise and straight slouchy cut that sits at your hips for extra comfort and cool factor. Go to everlane.com slash pajama and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash pajama and sign up. That is E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E.com slash pajama. Yeah, um, it's gotten cold here. Real cold. (laughs) Tell you what I'm doing. Now we're potting. Now we're potting. Oh, man. Yeah, it's getting cold, guys. Can you guys just give me two minutes to talk about the weather? It's getting cold here. Don't roll your eyes at me. Yes, they already don't like you. I mean, (laughs) who's that guy? Get him off the pod. He should be somebody wrote. He should be behind the scenes. <laughs> what does that even mean? There is no behind the scenes. Technically, I am yeah. behind the scenes because you, you wouldn't be able to record this without me. Oh, that's not true. I would do. So I, true. I, I I don't record. Listen, Jamie figured it out. I'd go. I go home, figure out in 15 minutes. I think I did it when during fucking covid 15 minutes. I did huh? it during covid, pal. I guess we got our new challenge. Give you a box of equipment and have you set it up in less than 15 minutes. I couldn't Listen, have done got, it without Kasim. I got a friend who used to work at Best Buy. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Now you guys are both talking crazy. I said I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, I thought you said you could have done it. No. Okay, great. All these wires? That. No way. God, you hate yourself so much. You even hear Jamie talking shit about you when it's not even. Jamie would never talk shit about you. She'd l- l- listen. To not not she- since I started calling her on my drives home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got a birthday video from us. I sure did. Oh, that's what you stopped calling me and you started calling her instead on the on the ride home. Wow. Sometimes we've had two on what I'm phone in the mood conversations for. now. Wow. That's we've had two. On, huh? Yeah. When I need a, a pep talk, like a cheer up, I call Jane. <laughs> yeah. When I what want, do I give? <laughs> when I want the real world, the grittiness of the real world, 
the hardships. <laughs> I thought you said I'm the happiest person you know. No, dude, it's all fake. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we got a big guest today. Oh, we do have a big guest. I mean, repeat guest. One of my one of my favorite guests we've ever had. Uncle Joey Diaz. You do. Uh, we say a line from that pod all the time. <laughs> like a nuclear bomb. What, what was he talking about when he no said that? Do you remember? But just just the way he says words, I'm, I can just hear him talk all day. Yeah. But he did say something about a nuclear bomb on that first pod. I don't know which which episode it is, but it's early. And he looked at me and he's or he looked at you and he's like, and I tell you, it was like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> he's like um like Snoop Dogg is a rapper where like he could say anything and it sounds good. Like yeah. Joey Diaz is a comedian where like he could just say, yeah, he could go up with no like not one funny joke and get laughs. I oh, bet. so good. Yeah. My brother took yeah. me to see uh, Chappelle for my birthday at the Hollywood Bowl. And, you know, Chappelle just like he doesn't even really do comedy at these big. He just brings up his friends and like Snoop Dogg was there and he came out and just banged out three like of his top hits. Oh, wow. And, but then like and everyone else that comes like he brought out Stevie Wonder. You're like, oh, shit, Stevie Wonder's here. Like, I wonder if what's he, what's he going to sing? You know, Stevie Wonder comes out there and talks about cancel culture for like five minutes and then just leaves. No music really keeps you on your toes. This show <laughs> really yeah. keeps you on your toes. He said something about like, we need to cancel, cancel culture. You know, he's doing this. And then he was like, I, everyone's everyone needs to lighten up. I've been being made fun of because of my blindness my whole life <laughs> and is like going off about how he's cool with like that, you know, are you supposed to clap at that or boo that? I don't know, man. Sometimes I don't know, Mm. Um, but it was a great show. Remember the time they left him on stage? It was like the an award show MTV or like the Grammys or something. And they thought it all through until the part where like somebody had to walk him off. Yeah. And and like everybody, they were like cleaning up equipment and he was just sitting there yeah. on the piano while like the lights were going off and they were like next on the Grammys, blah, blah, blah. And he just, you could tell it was very awkward. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I need to find, we need to find that clip. Yeah. Um, it's a good show. Have you guys seen the new Chappelle yeah. special? Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, I only saw it because everyone's like, oh my God, can you believe what's going on with Chappelle? Like, you yeah. know, I, I would have watched it, but I watched it fast because of that. I think it's funny. This I mean, is something I want to talk to Joey Diaz about. For sure. Yeah, I wanted to too. point of view about it. But uh, I think we know his point of view. <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. I want to hear it. I can't wait. Um, yeah, it's great. The show was was awesome. It was uh, like like Nas. Bunch of people that I feel like Chappelle's like, hey, I got a show at the Hollywood Bowl. You want to come see it? And they're like, sure. And then they all stand on the side and then he like brings them up and they go like, I don't have anything. Like, I'm, you know, Tiffany Haddish was there, but like no one Lizzo came out and all she did was dance to Snoop Dogg. Like no one really did their thing that they do except for Snoop Dogg, which was kind of funny. Nas was like he wanted Nas to sing. And Nas was like, no, nah, man, I'm just a visitor. I'm not here to do. I'm not he, here to do anything. He called you up and you connected the speaker to the amp yeah, to, to the mic. Right. Yep, sounds good. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff is still around. He was. Oh, a, wow. He was DJ. He did his thing. You know, he played a documentary about, um, you know, how Chappelle lives in Ohio in this like town called Yellow Springs, kind of like a hippy dippy town in Ohio. Dirty feet women, he said. Yeah. And during the pandemic, he put on these sort of like backyard comedy shows mm -hmm. and he flew in every like huge comedian. And 
it was a documentary about how he was like giving back to the town and how the town was making money, but also the town was pushing back. Like those, the zoning guy was like, they were trying to get the show shut down. And so the, the through line of it was like, you know, will the show continue day to day? And then while that's going on, like all these comedians coming in and um, doing their sets and, and a lot of them who haven't done comedy in like months, you know, doing it for the first time, Chris Rock kind of goes up there and like kind of bombs in a Chris Rock way. Cause he just has, he was so rusty and was like yeah. working out premises and stuff. And it was really, it was kind of really fun to see behind the scenes, Dave Chappelle, like mentoring comedians, uh, Michelle Wolf. I think there's a fun scene where he was just like, what are you really feeling? Cause we're, you're not telling, it was great. He was just being like one of those old like mentors and helping people like discover their voice or like help hone in their voices. He's just such, such a, a big part of comedy, right? He's he's like just the daddy, you know, he's daddy comedy. And um, I don't know. I, th- I saw a special and I thought it was one of his best specials. Why like, are people upset last... about it? This is what I have a hard time understanding. There's either one of two things going on here. I either I am so clueless about um, somebody who is a transgender person and their point of view and like what they see when they watch the Chappelle special and what things they're hearing as opposed to what things I'm hearing, because I heard it and I didn't really hear anything that would cause Can me you to say go what you heard. Cause I haven't watched it. My it, manager's a gay guy. He's like, I watched it. He's like, I don't know what the problem is, but I, again, I think they're saying that he was pitting um, transgender people against black people in their own experiences, like comparing the movements to each other um, and how they're different and how black you know, the black experience has been a lot tougher, longer. Um, and the transgender people are like, why are you kind of comparing us? But he did it all under the his last like 10 minutes or 15 minutes is, is him telling a story about this transgender comedian that he knew that took her life. Um, and it was like I thought it was like a really powerful story. It like made a lot of sense. Um but the take like he even addressed all the he's like, even after this special comes out, I'm sure people are going to respond to it who haven't seen the special, who haven't heard what I have to say. And it seems like that's kind of what was happening. But I do want to like not put myself in the camp of like, oh, there's nothing offensive in it because I don't I'm not from the point of view of a transgender person. I don't understand the things that they hear and see. And like, so I, I have a I have lot a, to maybe learn. Yeah, I have uh, a Jamie. Question. Yeah. Yep. In the front. I have a question. So isn't the point of comedy and specifically a good comedian is to take a real world issue, right? Mm -hmm. And not necessarily make fun of it, but find a way to find humor to expose real issues. Yeah. But in a way where you can laugh and we can be loose, but like we're still digesting this very important information. It's a different way of explaining and translating real life issues and experiences and things that are going on in a different way through comedy. And like, 
I, I just wonder where it's gotten lost. Like, isn't this always what comedy was? Comedy was always making fun of something. Comedy has always been making fun of somebody. But in a way, and a good comedian and the best comedians are the ones that make you stop and th- like understand what they're saying yeah. and appreciate what they're saying. But like, there's always has to be a butt of a joke. And he's not necessarily, I just don't, I think people are losing. People are just so quick to get angry. Yeah. Um, you know what I like to think about is, and I haven't seen it, so maybe I'm wrong right now, but right. Well, yeah, we will talk to, uh, Joey Diaz about it when he comes on the show. What's going on? Beautiful. Hey, well, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What's up, Robert? So good to see him. It's, it's funny. Like when people, you know, like you have so many outrageous stories and some people see you and they see like a gangster and some of that when you pop on, it's like, I feel so it's so warm, you know, like I feel like you're just like family. And it's like, I guess part of that's from knowing you and also part of it's from being from New York and like you're the type of guy, you know, growing up where it was like, oh, you know, it's like Uncle Joey, you know, <laughs> so what it is, you know, when with New Jerseyans now, now I'm in Jersey making it happen. I went to this deli last night. This Jewish deli named Harold's. Holy shit. They give you on the dish corned beef, pastrami and brisket and just a plate filled with rye bread with seeds and without seeds. It was just tremendous. Was it this high? Yes. Jewish delis are the best delis. Can we can we agree on that? Yes. Italian or Italian are pretty good. No. Italian delis are good, too. But man, those garlic pickles. With some coleslaw and a knish, yeah. Stop it. Oh, do like a three bong hits that they can't fucking stop you. <laughs> no, the 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 peppers stuffed with what do they stuff them with? Uh, in Italian delis, the cheese, oh, prosciutto, and the cheese. Yeah, those pres- spicy peppers. Oh the, my god, those are the best. I mean, they're heartburn city, but they're the best. Uh, they're, to me, that that's like the best bite of food going. Oh, the delis here are just to die. And I'm and I lost weight since I've been here. I dropped 40 pounds, which is like I was sweating it. There's oh, a spot. Yeah, there's a spot maybe, you know, 600 yards from me. They're from Staten Island. They make such great pizza. You just want to go in there every day and get a slice. Just yeah. one. All you need one slice to keep you honest. <laughs> and Hoboken's got some good Italian delis. Yeah, every like listen, all of Jersey is one big Italian deli with a couple <laughs> of Jersey, with a couple of Jewish delis sprinkled around them, you know. Congrats on the movie. Yes, thank you. It was a great time. I didn't see you there. Did you go to LA or New York? Were you in New York? I didn't know. No, I didn't go anywhere. I watched you it from go- the comfort of my home. Good, good. It was fun. It was great. It was experience. It took two and a half years, so, you know, I'm happy to be out of it, the weeds now with the goddamn COVID and stuff. So I'm very happy that's all over with. It was a great time. It was a great shoot. It's funny because I've shot like 20 movies and I've never kept in touch with so many people from a movie. Really? Like this Soprano family is real. Like they call you, they check up on you. You know, and the movie's been released. Once you start... Once you stop shooting, they stop talking to you. Yeah. Most people. But <laughs> these guys have been great. Kasim, yeah. you look yes. incredible. Thank you. I would like to take full credit for it, but I have to thank the folks at Apostrophe 
for oh. this skin, this complexion. Mm. I have a skincare routine now. Okay. Now I didn't have to go to a dermatologist to get the skincare routine. All I did was send a few photos of my face to a licensed dermatologist on apostrophe.com. I got an email that said, this is your complexion. This is what we recommend. And then they told me what to buy. And then a few days later, I got a package in the mail that had uh, sunscreen uh, that was SPF. That was right for my skin. I have the stuff that I put on at night. You know, it has a little like sensation. And then I put a, a moisturizer over it and it helps me stay young, beautiful, hot. You are all those. Things. Am I all those things? You're all those things, but yeah. So uh, apostrophe.com takes all the uh, long and unnecessary trips to the dermatologist, gives you the power to just go online and do it. And in a few days, you get a, a nice little care package. And we have a special deal just for our audience. Yes, we do have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash pajama. When you use our code pajama, this code is only available to our listeners and you will get $15 off. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash pajama and click begin visit. Then use our code pajama at sign up and you'll get the first visit for only $5. Oh, could you imagine? It costs more to go to a dermatologist and you get to do it from the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. So that's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash pajama. Use code pajama and you'll get dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we want to thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the pod. That's right. Guys, Hello Tushy is incredible. Oh, use it. My butthole tickles every time we do this pod. Yeah. And I use Hello Tushy when I go to the bathroom. Our friend to clean my butt, which, by the way, if somebody put poop on your arm and then said, hey, you could have this hose to wash it off or here's some toilet paper, you would think the person who was giving you toilet paper was insane. Crazy. Yeah. So why would you leave that on you? all day and not wash it off and enjoy your day. But don't be friends with people that are putting shit on your arm. But but if you do mm, get the guy that's going to want to wash it off with water. Yes. And here's the deal. I use it only when I poop. Our boy Kasim here has a thing he calls the 4 p.m. spritz boys, where when yep. he's just a little maybe swampy down there, he's mm -hmm. with his girlfriend. He's this. He'll mm -hmm. just sit down real quick. Get a little spritz, you know, sometimes for my boys out there that wear the, the tighter jeans, you know, sometimes you get a little it's a little hot, a little warm. It gets a little below the equator. Or if you're literally. driving, right, you do like an hour and a half drive. You're you get up yeah, your it's ass nasty. all day. Uh, you give yourself one of those like you pull the, the waistband out and you snap it back and you get that whiff. You could use a midday spritz. So those are for my 4 p.m. midday spritz boys. You guys know who you are. Yeah. Go home. You give turn that dial a little bit that nice little brown wooden dial and you give yourself a clean even when you don't think you need it you need it so want no shit no whiff hello tushy boom there they go that's right start washing with a tushy bidet for a better clean go to hellotushy.com slash pajama to get 10 percent off plus free shipping this is a special offer just for our listeners at hellotushy.com slash pajama for 10 percent off after you buy and install your tushy, show it off. Tag us at Hello Tushy and at Pajama Pants Podcast on Instagram. Uh, please don't take pictures of your asshole. Just take pictures of your tushy bidet. Yeah, what do you what do you know about? Is there a future for this story for this era? The story 
you know, there's a lot of talk about a series. There's a lot of talk of just like David Chase signing on to direct more pictures for, I mean, do is there anything that you feel like you don't have to divulge anything that you can't, but is there anything that you want to see as somebody who was a part of the story? Well, I like to, I like to see David continue something. I mean, he's 70 something years old. God bless him. You know, the fucking Rolling Stones are inspiring people to stay out in the workforce till they're a hundred now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, David's David. He's got great plans and, I wish him luck, whatever he's going to do, whatever adventure they give him, you know? Yeah. And you had I him mean, on AirPod recently, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, the content, the Soprano people are alive and kicking. They want what they want. So, yeah, you know, I don't think it ended in 2007. I think they want more. So it's Jersey. What are you going to do? Yeah. You've, you've talked about like, Obviously, one of the many reasons people love your podcast and stuff is you've lived one of the craziest lives anyone's ever heard and done the craziest things. And then, you know, you talked about you've been in jail, you've done this, but then you still talk about how you could still be so intimidated by acting. What do you think it is about acting that can intimidate somebody who's pretty much been through everything? Uh, I think it's the actors sometimes that intimidate me, like just seeing them in movies and having to go down there. I don't come from a traditional acting school. So I always feel a little insecure when I'm around real actors, Alessandro, you know, John Bernthal, who's classically trained in Russia. I can't beat that. None of my stories can fucking match up to that, you know? (laughs) So I always feel a little intimidated. I do. But then once I get there, I, just cover the spread. And I'm, you know, I'm not a method actor or nothing like that. I took classes at Havana Chubbuck, you know, for a year and that's it. That's all I know. But these guys, this has been their life. They've done theater. Theater is really intimidating to me. I, I love to do a play, but it is very intimidating to me. Yeah. You could do but it. I the fact that it's intimidating, I think is, is great. And it means you, might and you should do it you know yeah you know I, I was talking about this yesterday how i don't care how long you've been doing something if you don't have a little bit of fear of butterflies before you go into that then you gotta quit yeah then you gotta quit there's a certain resistance that has to play with your head for you to break through as to do the best job that you can mm-hmm. so i listen i've been doing stand-up for 30 years some guy called me and offered me a gig on the 26th. I still haven't called him back. I'm still fidgeting around. You know, like yeah. it's always when you're thinking about what people that people could judge you. It's always kind of intimidating. Sure. You know, so. But then I feel like you come out and you'll tell any story on a podcast. and You don't give a fuck if people are judging you. Oh, no, I could care less about that stuff because. That's my strength. I'm coming from a place that I really know something about. Acting, when you talk to real actors, like, and they start talking about all that, I'm lost. You know, it's like when somebody's listening to music and they close their eyes. Remember how many times you closed your eyes? What happened? Dick. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck are they feeling that I'm not feeling? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I will say, though, that I've been around a lot of actors and you have to, and Rob has to, that are the actors like you're talking about, 
that have a lot of moments where they feel like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They feel like they can't grasp it. They feel like they lost it. I mean, Jim used to say that. Rob, you've heard him say it. Like, I remember doing a scene with him where he's like, I can't fucking act. I have no idea how to fucking act. Like, it's really hard to manipulate your brain and your emotions. Like, we all have off days as human beings. Like, imagine as an actor, like having to come in and like, so it's hard for everybody. I just like, I think that the talk that you're hearing is the years of just like, I mean, you could study it for years. You're never going to be, you know, that's what's amazing about it. And I think that's what's like addicting about it is you're never satisfied. Like you can get to a certain place and you feel like, oh, but I could be better or I could get it more. I think if you, it's the same way you're saying, if you don't have like that little bit of feeling or that little bit of fear, it, you shouldn't do it. Like, I think if you feel like you know what you're doing, then you shouldn't do it either. Like, it's also exciting to kind of feel like, oh, I hope this works. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. it is about being an artist, right? Yeah. Did Jamie, you? You're throwing heat today, Jamie. <laughs> Always. You look beautiful. The hair is cut perfection. You got the streaks running. Yes, got, I just got, got it colored. You got your little Cuban suntan. I you thank you for appreciating me. Yeah, yeah you look beautiful today. Look. <laughs> Joey, was there anyone on the in the cast, and maybe this has been said, but was anyone method acting that you had to interact with? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, Corey, good. who played Uncle Junior, was... Corey Stahl, yeah, he's he, such a gr- yeah, great actor. He's up, up there, you know. Uh, John Berntal is up there. I know Alessandro's up there. I just don't know what method they use, whatever, but whatever it did, it worked. You know, yeah. like it really works for John Berntal. I'm, I just watched another one of his movies the other day, Small Engine Repair. I was blown away. Mm. I was blown. And that's how I like, listen, I grew up on movies. I never dreamt of doing stand-up at the age of six, but I dreamt about being motherfucking James Bond. Mm-hmm. I about being Charlie Villacci when I seen Charles Bronson play him. And, you know, I loved it. I, I Going to 42nd Street, as a little Cuban kid, not knowing the language was the most amazing thing in the world for me. I will always be a fan of cinema. I am worthless as a human being, but I know everything about movies. I love talking movies. I, I hate popcorn, though, but I do like <laughs> smoking pot, eating some Chinese food, and I like going to the movies, believe it or not, by myself. Oh, I don't yeah, want yeah. no fucking with my solitude and asking me stupid fucking questions you know, on my fucking raisinettes stale. Or somebody <laughs> always wants to ask you a stupid question. So I really respected that whole process. Like, I really loved it. Going to the movies, I never dreamt of being an actor. That wasn't even in my realm because I looked up so highly to them, you know. I can't tell you what it was like walking from 88th Street as a kid to Times Square, you know, with my godfather on a Saturday and going to fucking see the world's greatest athlete with Jan Michael Vincent and walking past porn world on the corner, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Hell yeah. and go, what, what goes on in there? You know, why are there so many Hasidic Jews coming out of there? <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, you got to see the Hasids love that stuff. Porn world, whatever it's called on the corner. It used to be on the corner right across the street from Port Authority. Peep world you know, or porn world? Deep world. That's what it was. Hey, right. Jamie, she's throwing heat. All right. <laughs> you know? Porn world Jamie, yeah, on the nose. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like a it's a landmark. You know what I mean? It's yeah. been there forever. 
Sure. Dave. I don't know if it's still there. I, I think it is. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, that whole street looks like Disneyland now. 42nd oh Street. So who knows what 8th Avenue looks like? As a kid, that place was so rotten. That place was so rotten. You used to go buy fake IDs there. Right. We beat up a three-card Monty guy there one time because he <laughs> took our last $10. You know, you buy acid and they sell you a piece of paper with coffee stain on it. You have no idea. It was the wild, wild west. Those strip clubs that have the barking in front of them, we would go up to them. We'd be 13. And they'd go, go on in. And we'd sit down and a girl would sit on our lap and it would be like an octopus. Like there'd be hands all over the woman until she <laughs> asked you to buy her a bottle of champagne for 20 bucks. And it was just this little tiny bottle for 20 bucks. And I'm like, I ain't got 20 bucks. Get out. And they chase us down the street and stuff. And now you go to Times Square and it's just this, it's just dead. It's just flat. Mm-hmm. See, that's what you're describing is how I feel. The first time I went, my it was my friend's bachelor party. And he's like, oh, we're going to New Orleans. And I'm like, oh, man, like New Orleans sounds great. I've heard so much about it. And I, I was an idiot. And I got a hotel like on Bourbon Street. And the first I come out, it's like two in the afternoon. I come outside and there's a pregnant stripper smoking a cigarette. <sighs> and it was the most disgusting. Like, I just told my friend, I was like, what? I thought we were going to, on like a vacation. This is fucking disgusting. And he's like, well, you shouldn't have got a fucking hotel on Bourbon Street. But there's like. There's throw up and piss like everywhere when you go outside. But I think like that would be like saying that would be like saying New York is Times Square. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's not the place you're supposed to be. It's, it was fucking disgusting. Like, I couldn't believe that that was his idea of like, here's what we're doing for a fucking like a vacation. I thought it was horrible. I went to New Orleans before Katrina to perform one night. And I had to fucking leave. Like, I had to leave. My hotel was just dirty. Yeah. People were yelling streets. I remember smelling the old puke. And I think I had some coke on me. And I'm like, I'm getting out of this. I drove right back to Houston, Jack. I'm not spending the night in New Orleans. They're fucking, they ain't fucking around down here. They're throwing some voodoo at me down here. You know what the best is, too, when you talk about, like, you know, when you talk to real actors who know about acting and you hear them and they speak differently, this, like, Never in New York, really, maybe a few times. But when I got to L.A., uh, the best is when you talk to people who talk like that, but they don't know how to act, you know, like you think that they it sounds like they know what they're talking about. And then you realize you're like, oh, you're one of these crazy people who has like a resume with a headshot with nothing from the last like 30 years. But you still talk about acting the same way, like people who are up there winning awards do. It really is crazy. I had that with stand-up when I first moved to L.A. My first day in L.A., you have to go to the Laugh Factory and stand all day from 9 in the morning to 6 to get a number. And I'm there all day. Now, I'm not saying a word. It's my first day in L.A. And there's this guy, and he won't shut the fuck up. (laughs) He's telling everybody Mitzi won't pass him, what the logistics are of every comedy club, blah, 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 blah. We get our numbers, we go home, and then we got to come back at seven and showcase. When that dude got on stage, he had been talking all fucking day. When he got on stage, it was like, me, 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 me. It was like a fucking mouse. He didn't say anything. I was blown away. I thought he was the best comic in the world. And I even went up to him and said to him, all day, you're fucking talking. (laughs) And now it's time for you to do jokes, and you're up there like a fucking mouse. And the guy was a big guy like me. 
So for him to sound like me, 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 I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that's when I realized that there's a lot of poses out there mm-hmm. that you just fucking like when people go, you have to go out and network. I never liked that word because if you go out to network and I'm telling you, I'm a great comic that you should use me in your project. You're going to go, are you going up tonight? No, I'm here talking to you. So I never networked. I just went on stage and let the fucking network do the talking. Mm-hmm. Let the stage do the talking, yeah. you know? Ooh, you know what I like to do? It's getting cold out there. You know how I like to talk about the weather. I, it's, it's so interesting when you do. I like to change my sheets when there is a season change. Oh, like color, you mean? Color. Wow. So you I have li- fall sheets? I wow. like to, because of our sponsor attitude, I have the ability because I have extra sheets to color coordinate to the seasons. Yes. And I've noticed the darker the sheet, the better I sleep. Bang. Attitude. Slogan. Are you for real? Darker the sheet, better I sleep. Wow. Welcome to attitude.com. Darker the sheet, the better sleep. Oof, that's fire. Um, look, unlike cotton, which consumes massive amounts of water, energy, mm-hmm. chemicals, and other resources, bamboo is one of the most eco-friendly plants on earth and is naturally organic. Attitude sheets use 500 times less water than cotton, saving around 8,000 gallons. Wow. You know, Attitude's clean bamboo fabric has a feathery soft texture that's similar to silk. It's so similar. I think they undersell this part. It feels like silk, but it feels cleaner. Silk kind of gets you swampy after you have too much of it. But breathe better than cotton or silk. These sheets wick away moisture and regulate your temperature to keep you cool and comfortable throughout the night. Try attitude bedding for 30 nights. And if you're not completely satisfied, return them for a full refund. What yeah. more do you want? Sleep. Who's gonna who would ever let you refund sheets that you laid in? Right now, you can get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com slash pajama and enter promo code pajama. Remember that's attitude as in eco attitude. Order today for free shipping and 20% off your order at attitude.com slash pajama promo code pajama. Now back to the show. Well, that's what the thing with Sopranos was. It was like when you got to L.A., you realized there were people who were actually good at show business. Where like nobody on Sopranos. I mean, maybe Jamie was good at it, but like nobody. I mean, no, you know, took me better than. Yeah, better than everyone else. But like, you know, there were like. When you see like Tony Sirico, Gandolfini, these guys, they they were no, like there was none of that. Like, oh, I'm not going to be myself to 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 not that Jamie would ever do. This, but I'm just saying like uh, I'm not going to be myself to get further in this business or like I'm going to do whatever the the molds I've seen before me do or that. And like that was just not what people I, I think it happens less in New York, but definitely like. Sopranos people just weren't like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a New York thing. I really enjoyed myself on the last two shoots I did in New York. And I had to come home and go, what was the difference? There were closed sets. There was no fucking agents walking around and stupid managers walking around. You know, that's what I enjoyed about shooting the Sopranos, that there was no bullshit on the set. There was nobody with a fucking tattoo and a hat with a feather coming out of it <laughs> directing. You know, I have a fucking thing. If I come into a set and I could tell who the director is, I don't want to be on that set. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, those guys with yep. the hat, the feather, they got the Chinese assistant. 
you know, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on that. I don't want to be on that set. I want I want a director to look like a regular guy. It's part of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I don't like about L.A. sets. God forbid. And I have nothing against lesbians or anything. But God forbid <laughs> he's a lesbian. You know, then I got to put up with all the parrot on the fucking shoulder. You know, the whole fucking deal. And I'm not tolerating that on a fucking film set. Yeah. <laughs> now, amen. But it's the truth. You know, yeah. I, it sounds like Pirates ass. of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. It's got a hat with feather on it. You can see that they roll up their sleeve to show the tattoo of the fucking Armenian flag or whatever the fuck that <laughs> is that day. You know, uh, you know, whatever it is. And they're assisting. You know, I was telling somebody I got fired from Mafia 3. The I got game? fired. Oh, is that a the game? Uh, yeah. Okay. Game. <laughs> I got fired because. It was a very dirty game. We we had to say a lot of uh, <laughs> like a lot of disgusting things, like you know racist things. But I slipped by mistake and called the guy a faggot, <laughs> and they closed that. They fired me, and they fucking brought a counselor on the set. Now she was a very sweet lady. I wouldn't apologize to her, but I was saying the most vile racist things you ever heard in your life everybody was in the room so i thought we had a green light so when i said the word faggot and they called cut and then took me out of the room like i fucking wouldn't get vaccinated (laughs) they uh they probably had to see if like is is that word on the script like are we should we be upset like it's not on the script oh let's yell at him yeah and that was the mildest word on the script guys that was the mildest word on the script so, you know, they, they were like, you have to leave because you insulted one of the staff members. And, and I liked her. She was the one that was putting the light bulbs on me and shit. And I finally went up to her and I go, I'm sorry. When I walked into the room, do you know, she was sitting down with a towel on her head. And she was crying because I said the word faggot. Mm. And she was a lesbian. I mean, a towel on her head. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, was like, she just out of like, a shower or like what? No, 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 no. Like a blue, like a white towel with cold water on her head because she might faint. Oh, because you, yeah, because Christ. you unleash the word on her. Yeah. Yes. Whoa. Now, why would you take the job if you're sensitive to those words? Sure. Yeah. Right. You know, so it, it was she, just, I don't even know how this came up, but that, that just goes to show you that you never know. Like, you never know on a set. But on The Sopranos, on Many Saints, forget it. You know, the stuff that was coming out of people's mouths was crazy. And nobody was saying dick because it wasn't that type of set. It was a New York set. Mm-hmm. Do your job, look down, and mm-hmm. keep your phone. Yeah, that's your best bet. I, I never met anyone who got offended until I came to L.A. Like, I don't remember growing up and people being like, hey, that offended me. Or like what you just did offended. Even in my like early 20s, that... And then you get to L.A. and it's like, oh, my God, you know, there's just this like, ooh, I wouldn't I don't know if you should say this thing. And I, I'm sure New York is maybe New York is different now, too. And I was just hanging out with my friends who I grew up with. But it's like I I, I don't I don't understand it. Like, I, I don't know, like nothing someone else says could ever put me on a chair with like a towel on my head yeah. that like I, I just I don't let it to me. And listen, I, I understand people have it really rough and I'm fucking lucky and this, but it's like, 
to me, if so, if a word somebody says not even directed at you is making you sit and put a towel on your head, you might want to look more into what's going on with you yeah. than fucking pushing it out onto other people. And this person did this and this. It's like what? And I think it's different if somebody's attacking you. But if you just hear something fucking somebody said passing by and th- it's like. I don't know, I'm getting fired up. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking about this, Joey, before you came on, because these people that are, you know, coming at Chappelle right now for what he talked about in his special. Now, I haven't seen it, but what I was gathering when Kasim was describing to me what went on and what he was talking about in the in the special. Isn't comedy supposed to be the place where we kind of expose a lot of shit, but you have to do it through humor, right? Yes. And it's an easier way than to lecture somebody or point fingers or blame or be angry. It's probably even more an effective way, if you ask me. Absolutely. So there's a thing that just came out that says you have to be highly intelligent to be able to be a committee. You have to know exactly what's going on in the world and then be able to relay that information in a way that appeals and people understand while also like subverting people's expectations comedically. It's like, it takes like a smart person to be able to do comedy. It's like that great teacher that you had growing up. You remember a good teacher. They had a way of giving you and disseminating the information, but in a way that like was interesting and it made right. you pay attention and you didn't just right. automatically roll your eyes back and tune out. You know, there's, there's a, there's an intelligence to it all. I think that's, very, very important to have. It's all, I mean, that's how I, that's how I perceive comedians is just people that are smarter, but they're, it's not like book smarts, you know, it's, it's culturally, sociologically smarter. Well, stand up at the end of the day, what you're supposed to convey on stage is how your world collides with the rest of the world. That's the bottom line about stand up comedy. Mm. To be an effective stand up comedian, it's how your world collides with the rest of the world you know for example what collides with me you know like all these kids that eat have peanut allergies <laughs> like last night i went out to dinner and my wife and the neighbor are talking about peanut. they're doing a 30-minute conversation on fucking halloween candy <laughs> and how the candy can't fucking be packaged at a place with peanuts you know that i was allergic to maple fucking syrup as a kid and I, my mother was Cuban, so she forced it on me to dial down the allergy. <laughs> Even though I ended up in the fucking hospital and my eyes were swollen, I'm allergic to dogs. I can't be around fucking dogs, but guess what? I had 10 cats. <laughs> so you have to dive into it to overcome that allergy. Mm-hmm. But when I get on fucking Southwest Airlines and I can't eat my bag of peanuts <laughs> because one motherfucker is allergic on that flight. Have you ever been on a Southwest flight? When one guy's allergic to peanuts, nobody can eat the fucking peanuts. Really? Yeah. Really, cocksucker? I got to <laughs> sit here starving because you got to fucking, you know, they, these are the things that bother me. You know, like when a tampon commercial comes on, when I'm sitting with my grandmother, I don't want to see a fucking tampon commercial when I'm with my grandmother. You know, so you you can't come out of the gate that rough with it. So you learn, you do have to learn how to convey it. You are a messenger of sorts, you know. Dave Chappelle uh, is on Netflix. Dave Chappelle is a great comic. He's very on top of his game. 
they're mad at him for saying stuff about the LGBT. Now, let me tell you another thing about a comic. We do what you tell us not to do. Mm-hmm. We're New Yorkers. I don't know where you're from, Shaman, but I know fucking <laughs> uh, you know, my girl and uh, from New York. <laughs> That's your name, right, Shaman? No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my name. No, it's, it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I am. My parents were uh, ayahuasca. <laughs> really? No. I'm in ayahuasca. I'm, I like I'm, it. I'm half Jordanian, half Egyptian. So, uh, you know, it's a different is it sh- What is it? What's your, how do you pronounce it? Where name? are you seeing Shaman? I don't know. The He's going off of memory. No, I want to know. No, it says Kasim is my name. It says Cass right here. Cass so Joey, Shaman. that's that's Shaman. No, I need to I know if, no, if I got shot, if I wrote shaman. <laughs> I got no glasses. <laughs> I look oh, shaman, shaman works. Yeah, yeah it's it, great. It really does work. I thought it was just because you look like a shaman. No, he doesn't yeah. look like a shaman. <laughs> <laughs> what were we saying? Well, I, by mistake, well, I insulted the poor shaman. What, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What was he saying, Jamie, before that? Something about New York. We're talking about New York. Yeah. Yeah. You said, I don't know where you're from, Shaman, but we're from New York. <laughs> yeah. Something about how you guys are. About uh, you guys Dave are Chappelle. Different. Yeah. Peanut oh, allergies. Dave, who the fuck knows anymore? <laughs> I sh- you said Ch- Dave Chappelle is on Netflix. I think you were just saying how you got to have a point of view as a comic and that how you, you know, I think you were leading up to you can't really. Oh, people can't get mad. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're, we're ball busters. When you're from New York, you're a ball buster. You know, Rob and Jamie ended up working with Paulie Walnuts. I could tell he's a ball buster. They say different things to you. You know what I'm saying? Like little things. Yeah. That's the that's the New York way. And I don't even know what we were leading with this fucking conversation. So it doesn't matter. I don't know. I didn't well, it's just everybody to- getting offended or just people maybe not even understanding the intention behind the comedy. Like, you know, it's just everyone, everyone just assumes they're being called out or everyone's kind of feeling victimized. But I think sometimes I guess Cass is saying you maybe need a higher or you need a high level of intelligence even to maybe understand and appreciate like what the comedy is trying to do and expose as opposed to taking offense. When you tell a comic not to do something, they're going to fucking do it. Yeah. You know, that's part of the comedian code. You're going to fucking do it. You know, one of the greatest comics of all time, Bill Hicks told a friend of mine not to do a pot joke. And my friend did the pot joke and Bill Hicks hired him to go on a tour for a year. Because that's what happens. You can't tell us what to fucking do. You know, so Chappelle has been told this Three or four times he saw how people <laughs> up after his comments. So in his mind, Chappelle knew what he was doing when he did this. Yeah. Did you watch the special? The special, yes. What you what? Just from a a, a comedy point of view, what do you think of his special? I thought it was great. Yeah. And I thought that, listen, man, they got to stop with this political correctness shit. But they're gonna keep going with it, guys. Yeah. So. Sorry, it's going to be this movement's going to get stronger than ever. I haven't been doing stand up for the last seven months, maybe six months. And part of my fear is that. That I want to go up there and do what I do. But if you're going to throw me under the bus for it, 
then I won't do it. You know, I, I could care less. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wrestle with you, but people don't come see me that don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky. You they know, came for they tried to come for you once and you just said no. <laughs> <laughs> you just said no, it's not, not me. <laughs> it's not, not going to happen on my watch. Yeah. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. If I did something wrong, I'll tell you. I'm the type of guy I'll go, listen, I fucked up. Yeah. It's time for me to ride up into the sunset. But not for saying something 22 years ago, I'm not going to do it. I could care less. So you got to move the fuck on and get it together. If you don't like it, flip the channel. That's it. Yeah. We I, all have the option to flip the channel. Yep. We all have the option not to watch a Dave Chappelle special. And that's it. If you're going to get offended, go watch Disney. I do agree with that. You know, I, th I think what you're saying is <clears throat> as a comic, your job is to have a point of view and see how the rest of the world slams into your point of view. And that's where you come from as a comedian. Right. And then. When somebody does that, like like Dave Chappelle, and he speaks from his point of view, people get upset. And so what do we really what are we asking from comedians? Do we want their point of view or not? And it even seems to split comedians because I know comedians that are like, well, if you can't do a set with without offending a group, then you're not doing comedy. Right. That's bullshit. And I That's look, bullshit. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I want think you to be fucking uncomfortable. I yeah. want you to wiggle in my chair. Because even the simplest subject, whether, listen, if I'm doing the peanut joke and Jamie's in the audience and her son has a peanut allergy, Jamie's going to wiggle in her chair. Yeah. Jamie's going to wiggle in that chair over a peanut joke. What is Jamie going to, now Jamie has a decision to make. Is she going to go to the fucking manager and tell him she was insulted by my peanut joke because my son is four year old and he has a fucking peanut allergy? Or is she just going to get in the car, shut the fuck up and smoke a joint? Right. And go home and hang out with her husband. The latter. That, that's, the, that's the deal. So everybody, you're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Not going to happen. That's why there's vanilla and that's why there's chocolate. Because yeah. nobody's, not everybody loves fucking chocolate. So you're not going to make people happy. So believe in yourself, go up there, do it and fuck the rest. I could care less. Yeah. Who's winning the who's winning that war right now? Because, you know, there's like you've got comedians that want to like Chappelle that are out there pushing the envelope, speaking from a very honest point of view, but it offends people. Then you've got other comedians that are on the other side of like that woke fence. And then every time a special comes out, like Ch Chappelle's special comes out, it's like, OK, that's one for that team. You know, Bill Burke comes out it's like, oh, that's one for that team. And then somebody else will like, do you think it's going to get more woke? Or do you think you, you can take the power back and bring stand-up back to like where it was 10 years ago, but with some no. minor alterations? Like what, what's happening in the whole scene? There's no alterations. There's not going to be any alterations. Mm -hmm. If any comic alters themselves, they're not really a comic. Yeah. Either shit or get off the pot. You have to go up there and be, you have to talk from the heart. And you just can't give them what they want. That's not what a comic does. That's what a fucking uh, a sack of shit does. Tell them what they want. So you have to, let me tell you something. The best joke of all time. I want you guys to watch it and break it down on the next podcast. Watch the first, now I can't remember his fucking name. The crazy black dude. Crazy. Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Yeah. His fucking Michael Jackson joke. <laughs> 
You remember it? No. I, you know, and he's and he said it in front of an African American audience. I want you to watch that joke and watch the reaction of the audience. That's the reaction a real comic wants after every one of his jokes. They were split right down the middle. He goes into this Michael Jackson sniffing young kids' booty holes diatribe. <laughs> that is raw. It is raw and real. Mm-hmm. And you have to feel it. It's the joke that made him a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, one it. made him a star. You know what I think is so annoying about the whole thing, too, is like, I think people have the feeling sometimes of like, oh, you don't think those people should have their opinion? It's like, no, that's exactly what should happen. Comedians should fucking tell jokes. People should have opinions. And then other people say their opinion. And that's that's how it goes. But that's not what's happening, right? It's like people go to jail for eight years for murdering somebody, but somebody says a joke somebody doesn't like and they want their life to be over. Like they think it should. And, and I think yeah. if for me, those groups of people are usually people who felt unheard their whole fucking lives and nobody listened to them. And now they get on Twitter, they get on something, they all get together and all of a sudden people will listen and they don't, they don't know what to do with that fucking power because they've never had power before. And they start, it starts to fucking run wild. But, and I think it annoys people like us because I think it, it, instead of talking about it, like we're trying to talk about it, they want to go tell the teacher, like, like you said, are you going to go to the fucking manager of the comedy club? And then, Somebody could kill someone on stage and I wouldn't go to the manager of the comedy club and say that that it's like that's not an option to me. I don't understand. And the fact that there are people who like can't manage their emotions and then want to go tell on you when we're fucking 40 years old, 50 years. It's like, what are it? It's so it's just crazy to me. Like the whole point is you're giving your opinion. They should have their opinion. You're you're not trying to end their lives. I guess some people would try and go fucking extreme and say, you know, that that's not true. But it's just they they want to take your fucking livelihood away. I don't think I I don't hear comics trying to take people's fucking uh, not to to stop them from feeding their families. Yeah, no, that that's what I didn't like about it either, and that's why I didn't fucking allow it. I just won't allow it. Not on my watch. I can give a fuck what I'm saying. You know, I knew we were going to have a problem when they went after that Supreme Court judge. I always knew that that was a problem when you're starting to go into people's past. 22 years, 13 years, 14 years. If you're a smart individual and a human being, you know that we all change every seven years. Our views, our thoughts, we get married, we have kids. You know, there was a time, Robert, where you wouldn't like, you know, you, you call one of your friends to go out and go to a party and he can't because he's got to go to his kid's play. You're like, what a fag. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You go to your kid's play. What kind of fucking New Yorker are you? But someday that'll, that chord will strike. One day when you have a child, you'll go, what was I thinking? You know, and that, that's the learning process. I, I still I still feel bad about friends who I have who got married when I was like 22 and 23. And even at the wedding, the whole time, all I thought was like, oh, you fucking poor bass. Like 
not 1% of me was happy for them because I was just like, oh, I'm like, I knew you three years ago when we were going out every night and partying. And, and to me, I'm like, that's what you really want. And I couldn't believe that this was what they really wanted, you know, and I still feel I still feel bad about that. Like, I'm well, like, man, I, I was at your fucking wedding, like shaking my head in the back, you know? Yeah, but nobody's leaving anyone any room to grow. Nobody's leaving anyone room to learn. They're not even leaving room for the conversation. Yeah, which I feel like is counterintuitive. I mean, based on what you said, yeah, you're you said you're kind of scared to go back out into the and do stand up into this world. Is that was that right? I wouldn't want. You know, I love my sponsors on the podcast, and I worked really hard to get them. And if I go up on stage and say a lesbian joke. I don't want LGBT. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, it's just not, it's worth, not worth it. Yeah. But now you're losing. putting, yeah, you're putting a little bit of the financial stake in right. it now too. Right. right. So it's, it's like a wife and a kid. Yeah. I don't want to stand the street with a fucking cup because some fucking uh, college student heard me say something, you know, and like nobody's going to be doing colleges because they're the most critical ones. Right. Our children, the young kids, the youth of America today, you can't say anything in front of them. Yeah. Anything. And they're being taught things in school now that are going to be against everything we were taught. I mean, it's just going to be wild. So when you questioned before about are we winning this, we're going to win this, but it's going to be a fucking struggle. I think the colleges things thing can be figured out because I love Barstool Sports and they're fucking insane. And they go to colleges. Uh, every weekend and do like a pregame show for the and the people that show up it's it's a the the people who are showing up at colleges when ESPN shows up and then Barstool Sports shows up they have like the drone footage of the sizes of the crowd and fucking Barstool Sports crushes them crushes them so I think right. it, I, I think the problem is like I, I don't know how to figure it out but but I think there is a way to fucking do it because I think I think there there are enough of the other thing. The problem is the other side is louder. You know, there there aren't 18 year olds feeling that 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 fucking, you know, feeling like their speech is being taken away because they just go like, ah, whatever. I talk this way around my friends. And then when I'm here, I fucking because they're still they're still used to listening to mommy and daddy and being kids. They don't need they don't feel that need. But but in in 18 year olds and 20 year olds, it's fucking there, you know, Mm -hmm. It's going to be a long road, but let's see what happens. I know they're not going to take the Chappelle special down, so they didn't win. You know, they didn't win. In fact, I heard that three people got suspended on Netflix. I, I don't know what's going on, but they didn't take it down. If they take it down, then we lose. And then you're going to have to look at this a different way. But Netflix is not giving specials to a lot of comics who deserve it because of their language. Yeah, there's a few great comics that are not getting specials and they haven't even been canceled yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Netflix is already on the fucking uh, programming thing. A couple companies. I know a couple comics that are very good, that are very popular. We won't mention their names. They can't get a special right now. And yeah. they haven't done wrong. They're like Anything. pre-canceled. Yeah, they're not pre-canceled. They just feel that if they hire getting the effects of it yeah Yeah. they're in the canceled waiting room yeah it's like minority report with tom cruise where they they can see the the crimes in the future before they happen 
Right. Now, when Tom Segura, who was the nicest guy in the world, Netflix called him and made him have a meeting with the president of the Special Olympics or something. Because he said the word retarded on the special. You know, this happened four years ago, guys. So this is the direction this is going. And that sure did clean up his act. What you choose to do is up to you guys. You know, what people choose to do and watch is up to you. Yeah. Yeah. But don't, you know, it's like people. That's what it used to be, right? Yeah. That's it. Like, you know, it's like people go to a restaurant and then file a fucking Yelp report. <laughs> you know, I've never Yelped in my life. And I'm not going to read a Yelp either to, to make my mm-hmm. decision. I make my decision on you telling me it's a great Jewish deli. Not because I went on fucking Yelp to some stranger. That guy probably, what if you, that guy goes to Times Square and goes to Olive Garden. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know yeah. if that guy's an yeah. Olive Garden. So I'm not going to read his shit. But that's like going to a restaurant and filing a Yelp report later. You know, I didn't like the food. Well, then just keep it to yourself and don't go back there again. Mm-hmm. But don't fucking throw them under the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't. That's what I do. I go someplace I don't like it. I just don't go back. Yeah. The food sucks. Fuck it. We don't go back. Right. I'm not going to write out a whole Yelp fucking article. You're, uh, I watch your podcast all the time. It's amazing. Anybody who doesn't, uh, the Uncle, Uncle Joey's joint, it's incredible. But one of your best ones ever was... Uh, Catherine Narducci, can you talk about, can you, t- can you tell people what happened that episode? No, you tell. No, no, no. I, you're you're here. You're the guest. Come on. W- what happened? We want to hear it in your voice. You just straightened me out about, um, you know, fucking enjoying myself to take time to smell the roses. You know, when I go to movies, I don't like watching me in the movies. Like I always feel embarrassed when I come on and all that stuff. And she was like, yeah, let yourself go, you know, enjoy yeah. yourself. Is that what you're talking about, H? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. That, she was great. She really opened up my eyes. And I went to the premiere with a different attitude. That's because cool. I, yeah, I went to the premiere with a different attitude. I used to go to those premieres and feel fucking creepy and shit, especially when I came on. I just get up and go to the hallway or something. This I'm one the I same, went. by the way. Are it's you? hard. Yeah. It's yeah. Hard. You feel like you always feel like, I don't know, for me, I always feel like <clears throat> kind of like an imposter or just like, me too. you know, because I didn't, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm a confident human, but I'm not like the most confident actor, but I know I work hard. And, but yeah, it's hard. It also feels like, I don't know, maybe it's a Cuban thing, but we were taught like not to, you know, I don't know. I, I never go in with anything being like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to see what I did. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's yeah. like the wrong type of attitude to have. But there's she's right. There's no reason to not be proud of yourself and be proud that you're part of something really great. Yeah, it was good. That was a great talk she had with me. So I love that. It made it's, it's, better and easier. So it felt like such a real moment. And also it it actually felt like when you watched it, like she almost like changed your life in a way when you were watching the pod and you saw it happen. It was fucking incredible. It was. It was really mind blowing. I got to give her a call. I owe her a call. <laughs> She's the best. Um, you just had John Bernthal on. I mean, you've you've been killing it with the get. You've had uh, David Chase, like we said, uh, 
you guys. And also, by the way, like when Rob was on your podcast the first time, all our viewers came from you. So shout out to your, you and your pod and everyone that's come over from them. And there's probably no one listening to this that doesn't already listen to your pod. But uh, yeah, you've been crushing it lately. And we really appreciate the uh, time you took to come on. You know, I love you guys. I'll do anything for you. Just keep me posted. Stay in touch. And keep yeah. looking good. It's so good to see you. Can, can you answer one question? I've been dying to know. How did you propose to your wife? I called her up on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Perfect. Yeah, that's what that's what I, I knew the answer wasn't going to be. You fucking got down on one knee and did some fucking corny shit. But I was dying to know how, how that went down. Uh, <laughs> you know, man, I was with her for nine years. And she went home and uh, she saw her nephews and nieces. And when she came back, I could tell she was a little bummed. She was, you know, 40 years old. She wasn't married yet. I didn't want to get married. I had been divorced and I failed as a fucking husband. So I didn't want to get married again. Why would you want to do that? And I would thought about it. I'm like, you know what? She's given me a great opportunity to redeem myself. So I just called her at work. I'm like, what do you think about us getting married? And she's like, damn. That's so, we got so romantic. I ain't got time to fuck around, James. But it you know is. What? It yeah. is. It's very romantic. And then uh, we got married on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. So I wouldn't ruin anybody's weekend. Oh. Because people always want you to fucking. You, you're going to make me come to your wedding on a Saturday. You're probably ruining a good baseball game or something. by me going. <laughs> It's a good football game on. So I got married on a, a Wednesday and uh, yeah, it was great. I called her father up on the phone. I asked him if I could marry her. He said, yeah. And that's it. It was simple. Best party night in New York City. Thanksgiving, nice. Thanksgiving Eve. Mm -hmm. best, yeah. best night of the year. Best night of the year all the time. That's yeah. It. But Thanksgiving. But I love you guys. I'm happy. Love you too. Love you. Thank, Thank you so much for coming on. Joey. Uh, Stay in touch. Jamie, you look beautiful. Thanks. Shaman, you look beautiful. Thank you. Robert, you look beautiful. Thank you. Joey, you hey. look beautiful. Yeah, you look beautiful, know, Joey. Know that. Catherine Narducci told me. <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great week. Okay. Right, talk you to too. you soon. See you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Cool. That was Joey Diaz. He's so cute. He's the best. I love my new name. Like, he's so. Shaman. You know what else, Rob, when you're like, he's so familiar, like New York people like that, they just there's no putting on of anything. They're just so who they are. And I think that that's what's like so warm and comforting, too. He's just like, you know, exactly what you're going to get. He is exactly who he is. There's nothing phony. Mm -hmm. I love people like that. That's yeah, his whole. I think that's what's so. Uh, attractive about him is like when you see him up on stage and it's why his following is so big is like people see a guy who's being totally authentic and totally. honest and it's not uh, an act. Yeah. When you hear him on like Joe Rogan, he's just going off about like all these crazy, like there's no way this guy lived this life, but he did and has, and he's hilarious. Yeah. And so great that he's uh, been able to come on a couple of times. I was watching something about uh, Takashi six, nine. And obviously, listen, people have fucking depend their opinions about him. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying, what I want to talk about is like he somebody said to him, like, you know, you have so many followers, and such a huge fucking fan base in this. If you would just clean up your act a little bit more and then sponsors could come on and all these places would 
you know, love you or like these places who won't let you have a concert there. They would let you have concerts. You could make so much more money. Why aren't you doing that? And he just looked at them so honestly and was like, because then I wouldn't be being myself. And like people couldn't even understand that. And it's crazy that like that's what this industry has become. It's like if you're if you're unwilling to change who you are, you're the outcast mm -hmm. and, and not unwilling to change in like a good way or growing, but unwilling to change and just be phony to make more money. And if you're not willing to do that, it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just well, fucking crazy. It's hard. And it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I will say like when you were talking about, you know, there's none of the Sopranos did that. I think that like, I think I fell into that trap for a little while because I just was being told to and guided to, and it never felt right. And obviously, you know, I like worked and found my way out of it, but it, it's hard. It's hard not to do that because you so badly, especially when you so badly want something and you want you, this is what you're being told will further your career. This is what you're being told will help you, you know, but I can say that there wasn't a single moment of that time for me where I didn't feel completely inauthentic and really uncomfortable, you know, and it takes, it takes a lot of like strength and like confidence and self-assuredness that I just didn't possess at that time. Just being like a young teenage girl, like able to just be like, this is fucked up. No, like I just, I couldn't do it until, until I could. And, and you know, what's interesting. It's like, I think the way you looked at it was I could miss an opportunity. And the way I was looking at it was like, no, this is the opportunity. Like I, I already yeah. made, you know, where like people yeah. had, and whether it was because I was so young or just, I never thought I could do what we were doing then forget about doing more, you know, mm -hmm. where it was like the idea of like, Hey, what about after this? Aren't you going to want to worry about making more money or doing more things? It's like, no, look, look, we're doing this. Like this yeah. is fucking, this is, we're at the top. Like, what do you mean? We're going, looking into the future and, and this kind of thing. But yeah, it's like, you know, you, you've talked about on here where it's like uh, you're doing the album you didn't want to do, or like yeah. when people, like, I remember there were times where like me and you were trying to make a decision about stuff. And even though I was 16 and an idiot and didn't know anything, like you would be like, Oh, well, my publicist says this. And I'm like, huh? Like, you know, like, I'm like, I don't even, I, I got a publicist once for like, a month at the end of the series because my manager asked me for 10 years. And finally I was like, fine, I'll do this for you. But I was like, I'm going to hire a publicist and tell her no to everything. And that's what happened. She would call and be like, do you want to do this thing? And I'd be like, no, thanks. Like I'm hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, he was like, okay, I see you are just throwing money away here. And I was like, yeah, just like I told you. But by the way, you're on a hit fucking show right now. And I'm in Kasim, I'm in fucking shamans. Uh, There's no right or wrong way to wrong. do it. Welcome to the shaman house. I think being true to yourself is always the right answer. And that's what we do in this pod. And that's what <laughs> that's what our listeners are doing. And that's, that's what, what I have to teach what my son to Long do. Island. Yeah, dude. Because now I got to take him to a fucking COVID test. Well, good luck. Because he's lying that he threw up at school. Here's, you know who's not being himself? Bo. Yeah. How do I like, how do I gently. <clears throat> you shake like, how do I, how, how do I like get him to have like a real combo or is that, or is that not possible with an eight year old? Like, I want to be able to sit him down and be like, listen, bro, like, why do you feel like you need to lie about this stuff? Like, I genuinely want to know, like, I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry at you. Like, I, 
I feel like I can anticipate this conversation and just him just kind of still putting on like the bow show. And maybe he's just not capable of doing it yet. I just really wish I could know a way to like fully break him down and understand like I'm I'm like I've got your back. I'm here, but like I want to help you. Like this isn't going to serve you in your life. Like how this does, type of behavior, uh, just like it doesn't work out for people. How does he respond when you try it now? He still puts on like the bow show. Like he still he he gets nervous and he still puts on the show. And it's just and then it and then it adds then it fucking frustrates me. And then you know whatever we move on. You hit him. But I, <sighs> I'm sure it's just a phase. I'm sure he just I know comes out I of just, it. You know it's it's annoying wanna... for you because it's like such an easy fix. But like who knows what's going on in his world? That's but that's what I want to know. And like why why are you know. feeling like you need this? I don't know. I just. I guess this is, you know, the plight of parents is like, you want to protect your kid. I just, I'm like, this isn't going to work out for you. Like this isn't going about life this way is like not good, but How does I have to let him figure it? that. I mean, he's so frustrated by it too. You know, it's like the next stage of parenting now, you know, is like, let them learn. Like, I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too involved. Like I want to let him figure out his life, but I love him so much that like, I want to help him figure out his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're a good mom. You're and yeah. the fact that you're so stressed out about it is a good sign, you know? And uh, here's, here's a teaser for next week, Jamie. I'm looking at the emails that we have and here's the title of one. I dated Jamie. Oh, fuck. What's yeah. the name? <laughs> Joseph. Joseph. It's got a very Italian last name. We'll we'll do it next week. But uh, yeah, we got some emails uh, since we've had a couple guests. You guys, we we haven't been able to get to your emails, but we have a lot of good ones piled up, including Philip from Long Island. My boy, we're back. And uh, yeah, thank you guys, especially if you came over from uh, Uncle Joey's joint. We really appreciate it. Just click subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, occasionally we'll tweet and uh, we have a subreddit. So thank you, Uncle Joey. Bye. Thanks, Joey. For, for myself, Shaman, Rob, and Jamie, we'll see you in the next pod. Bye.